With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, Wonderful Pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It's a Monday. Hour number two live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Lincoln Riley, USC football coach in one hour. Rick Buecher in five minutes. Uh, Ryan helping alongside the uh, Herdline updates today. For the record, um, it will be a hard-hitting interview with Lincoln Riley. As America's honesty broker, basically the New York Times, the Washington Post of radio, pressing issues. Fight on. All right. All right. We do it every Monday. Where Colin is right, where Colin is wrong, there is always plenty of both. And here we go. Where Colin was right. Oh, the Suns are now 6-0 and with Kevin Durant in the lineup. I said he was the best plug-and-play guy in the league. I didn't just say they'd be better. I said they would be better game one instantly, and they are. He's a willing defender. He's a chill personality who will get along with Devin Booker and Monty Williams. This was a great move. Fifth straight game now. The Suns scoot past the Thunders. Um, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and KD has been everything we promised. Great. A great teammate. Everybody likes him. And they would win after two or three practices together. This thing would work. Where Colin was wrong. The Lamar Jackson situation. I am surprised that Atlanta and Washington have not been interested. I think if you bring him in in Atlanta, you win the division for several years. And Washington, Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. If they don't win, they got new ownership coming. And he's he's banking on Sam Howell? That's weird. That's sometimes the defensive coaches in this league just do not get the urgency of offense and quarterback. So I understand the injury scare people off. I do, and I do think he'll end up with the Ravens. But I am really genuinely surprised that Atlanta and Washington in weaker divisions, especially Atlanta, just don't go out and get a star quarterback. 
where Colin was right. Bill Belichick reportedly still bothered by Mac Jones seeking outside help last season. Once again, Belichick is completely tone deaf and has no understanding of how to deal with offense. Of course Mac Jones sought outside help. You made Joe Judge a quarterback coach and Matt Patricia a defensive coordinator, the OC. Mac Jones is not the problem in New England. It's a rigid defensive coach and a rigid defensive culture who have got to give the offense up. Mac Jones should now get a huge say in the offense. Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones, 50-50 split. They run the offense. Bill needs to back off. Where Colin was wrong. Anthony Davis, well, it took like four years, but I never thought I'd see it. Anthony Davis, the leader. Anthony Davis, hurt, comes back and dominates a fourth quarter like Friday after an injury. Toughness, leadership. Everybody knows he's talented. That's never been the issue. But it's the, dude, it's your team. LeBron will do the passing. You do the finishing. And right now, he looks great. This is the Anthony Davis that I thought would never emerge. Tough, playing through injuries. Give me the ball. I'm not passing it, uh, and and <laughs> it's a joy to behold. Where Colin was right? I thought Kyrie Irving and Luka would make the Mavericks industry interesting, but I didn't think they'd win because they're awful defensive players and they're both moody and ball-centric. Well, they've lost seven times in eight games. Uh, I'm not saying it's all Kyrie. Luka can be a little difficult, but Kyrie, as I've said before, is not a great basketball player. He's a great offensive player, and the Mavericks already had a great offensive player. If you take out the brief time that Kyrie Irving has been with LeBron James, he's not a great basketball player. He's brittle. He's moody. He doesn't defend. He doesn't distribute for as much as he has the ball at a high enough level. All he does is score and not get along with teammates. Where Colin was wrong. You know, I keep I keep clinging to the Warriors, but they lost to Denver, and Jokic didn't even play. Um, they've got a series of issues. They're not going to do anything without Andrew Wiggins, who reportedly now is back in the Bay Area, but I, I don't know if that means he's going to play. It's a l- very late in the season to try to get back into shape. They're not good defensively. At times, Steve Kerr lamented this. They're just not very smart on the floor. Uh, lapses, lack of focus, the opposite of what they've been known to deliver consistently for about eight to ten years. Smart, focused, good in crisis. They're an absolutely awful road team. Awful road team. I think a lot of that is lack of chemistry. Where Colin was right. Uh, I've been saying for two or three weeks, uh, a couple of weeks actually, that UConn's going to win the national title. I thought Duke was going to win. And I thought they were going to meet Gonzaga. But after a couple of games in the tournament, it's like, oh, yeah, UConn's better than everybody. I don't think UConn's great, but I do think they're very, very good. And in 2023 in the men's side, very, very good wins the championship. I think they'll hammer San Diego State tonight. Um, this is a great program up in Storrs, Connecticut, which I I lived around there for about a decade. It's remarkable to me that we don't put them in the class of Carolina, Kansas, and Duke, maybe because they've had some valleys with their peaks. But if they win tonight, and they generally 
If UConn's really good, they win the national title, regardless of who is in their way. And uh, this will be their fourth national title if they win tonight uh, since, I think, like the late 90s, which is more than Duke. Where Colin was wrong. WrestleMania was amazing. I know, I called you guys booger eaters for years, and there's still a few of you out there. But you know what I learned about WrestleMania at SoFi Saturday, taking my son with 80,000 lunatics, is that sometimes you can't take yourself too seriously. And it was laughing and funny. And my son, 17 years old, didn't know any of the storylines. And I have not seen him smile and laugh like that, I don't think, in his life. So WrestleMania is a complete spectacle. Yes, it's scripted. But despite that, it's wild drama. It's incredible athletic ability. And I loved every second of it. And so did my son. Where Colin was right. I have been preaching for years. Baseball. Get rid of the defensive shift. I didn't even care about the pitch clock, which is work. Get rid of the defensive shift. The sport needs more activity. Well, the numbers are in after a week. More hits, more runs, higher batting averages, more action, more activity. You're just getting more of everything. Who goes to a game and says, give me less scoring? Or in basketball, give me less great offensive output. Baseball now is just simply giving you more. More stolen bases, more hits, more activity, more base runners. And the pitch clock, remarkably, uh, I saw this morning, so far a weekend, baseball experimented with the pitch clock in the minor leagues for two years, and it cut about 18 minutes off of games. In Major League Baseball, it's cutting 30 minutes off. Why? The only thing I can guess is because high-paid Major League Baseball players, more stubborn and arrogant, were stepping out of the batter's box way more in the bigs than they do in the minors. The pitchers are taking their time in the bigs much more than the minors. It is shaving off 30 minutes of game time on a Tuesday. Who's got time, if you work in the morning, to be at a ballpark and drive home for four and a half hours? 30 minutes shaved. It's been great. Let's bring him in on a Monday. Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. We got four games to go in the regular season now. It's getting intense. We are seeing things that are surprising us. So let's start with Anthony Davis. Uh, after they won in the bubble, yeah. I was told inside that building, listen, this is now going to be AD's team, and LeBron is going to be a facilitator right. mo on most nights. AD shows up out of shape. LeBron's camp wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, I don't know what has inspired him, but he, this is yeah. the best he's been as a Laker, is it not? I would have to say, I mean, look, he had a pretty good run in the bubble, but in terms of outside of that, no, no question about it. And to think that at this point in AD's career, that he would show this kind of toughness, he would show this kind of desire and ability to play through injury, is, I, I can't tell you where it's coming from <laughs> but uh, i'm i'm glad to see it it's dominating it, it's it's just frustrating to see somebody as talented as anthony davis kind of get in his own way now l again it's sustainability and the games are only going to get harder and tougher i don't want to make too much as some people that you've had on the show of late have yeah like they're beating teams they're supposed to beat. Right. They're Houston. doing what they should do. Minnesota, it, yeah. Playing a seven-game series. Actually, that's the most impressive 
win of all the wins that they had. That was the one I was looking at. I was like, okay, they're like, they're they're getting better. They're pretty good. But winning a seven game series against Memphis or Denver or even Sacramento, people are underselling what Sacramento is. I know defensively they're not ranked very high, but this idea that they're gonna, you know, their their eyes are gonna be too big in in the playoffs. I, I I'm not subscribing to that notion at all. Um, Darvin Ham, uh, I, I think a lot of people said who, yeah, but it is interesting. They are now the number one defense, uh, in the league. So what that tells me defense, offense is about talent. Defense is about buy-in. Mm-hmm. So what it tells me is the players are buying into the coach's message and they're doing it at about the same pace that the Celtics did last year with their coach, yeah. which is defense is hard. Yeah. It's effort. Not everybody wants to play defense. Westbrook's not a guy that bought in. So, I mean, Darvin Ham, did they find the guy? Uh, He's done a tremendous job. Yeah. You know, there's been criticism along the way, and he's made some rookie coach mistakes as far as decisions in in certain times. Right. Trying to figure out the rotation. A lot of people, being a Monday morning quarterback on that is... yeah. Stop it. I mean, you're just constantly moving parts, and this isn't like a formulated team where you go, okay, this guy, I plugged this guy in for this and this guy in for that. Uh, what he has done best is he's just rolled with the punches, and he's continued. I, it's amazing because I've always thought of him as an old-school type of guy, yeah. how he came up, how he made it in the league, all of that, but his touch with with players in terms of encouraging them has been remarkable. And it's the difference because they've had ups and downs and they have this bright spotlight and they have these expectations. And you're talking about a first-time head coach who's just rolled through all that and hasn't done it like in New York or L.A. or Big Mark. He was in Atlanta and Milwaukee, played in Detroit. Like the places that he's been, he's never had this kind of spotlight on him even as a complimentary player on a team. So I, I give him full full marks for how he's done things. So um, the Andrew Wiggins story is interesting. They're obviously not winning a championship without Andrew Wiggins. All their scoring is backcourt without him, like all of it. Draymond and Looney provide great roles, but they're yeah. not scores. So Wiggins now is reportedly back in the Bay Area, which leads me to believe he's just going to try to get into shape. It's really hard at the frenetic pace of the Warriors yeah. that you're going to make me believe in 12 days you can get in playoff shape. Is he coming back? What are expectations? What's the story now? I honestly don't know. I, I've heard the same as you, that he's back in the Bay, and, he's, and he was working out somewhat on his own. That's completely different than working out with the team, getting into game shape. Uh, I haven't heard that the issue that took him away has been resolved. That's my concern. The idea that he's back in the Bay, and now it's just a matter of time before he plays, that may be the case. But until I hear that the, the issue, then I hate to be... I just I don't have it nailed to the point where I want yeah. to talk about what it was. It's not the rumors that you've heard, mm-hmm. uh, but until I hear that that's been settled, there's always 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 the possibility that he's going to get pulled away again, or that just mentally he's not going to be right. there to the level he needs to be. So I don't I, I wouldn't I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't count on Andrew Wiggins coming back just yet. You know, it's uh, it's interesting with Kerr. 
So um, Jordan Poole is a really good scorer. He's not always a great basketball player and makes a lot of mistakes. And I have this feeling watching Kerr and listening to his postgame comments Mm -hmm. that he is tolerating Jordan Poole, that he drives him nuts, Mm -hmm. and that I do believe they will move Poole at some point out. I I just see Kerr's comments, and I hear a lot of this, we make mistakes, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, time out. I know those mistakes aren't being made by Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So, like, when I hear Kerr get really frustrated... Yeah. With mental errors, I yeah. feel like he's saying to Bob Myers, move Jordan Poole. Yeah, I, there's some of that from Clay, Dre, and Steph, too, that, in terms of tolerating, in terms of let's help him along. We need it, it, it shows the championship medal of those guys where they keep their eye on the, the target as opposed to getting lost in, Jordan, would you just stop? Would you just... Would you do what we need you to do instead of whatever it is that you're doing? It's, I mean, it's quite the show at times. But if you're those guys and you're looking at your watch and saying, "Hey, we this might be our last best chance," come on, come along with the program. I understand why there would be frustration. They're in a really interesting place here, and I thought that they made a mistake not going all in right now, like. Jonathan Kaminga has great potential, but the fact that the Lakers got Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, those were the guys that I thought the Warriors should do everything possible to try to get them or Jordan Clarkson to get another legitimate proven piece to go all in. I I know you'd be mortgaging your future. You're only a championship team as long as Steph Curry, that's Draymond right. Green, and Clay are there. Once yep. that's done, you're not creating the second iteration with Jordan Poole and Jonathan yep. Kaminga. That's nope. just not happening. So I would have gone for broke. I look, it's not my money. It's not. It's, it's not my future uh, as far as the team is concerned. But that's where I think that they're missing. And and look, there's Jordan in last year's playoffs, series by series, played less. And less. Oh yeah, no. As if things pay- got as, as attention to detail became more important. Yep, he became more uh, marginal. And I want to see what happens this time around. Whether they can change that, but there is. He's still got this wild hair aspect to his game that they cannot afford to have in the playoffs. Their yep. margin is not great enough to overcome that. Okay, so the Kyrie thing's a mess. It doesn't work. Let's say they don't make the playoffs. Probably yeah. going to happen for Dallas. Do they just ship Kyrie out? They can't. They can't. They can't. They have to re-sign him. Huh? Now, yeah. can you do a sign-and-trade? You'd be selling low. Honestly, their best avenue is you re-sign him, you figure out how you can rehabilitate the look of what Kyrie is and isn't, and then maybe you try to move him and change things up. I just, he and, and you've mentioned it, and I'm not breaking any news here, but watching them, Luka and Kyrie are not only ball dominant, but they just play slow and they don't play together. Like, it's taking turns. It's a lot of KD and Russ in OKC. Yep. And and I thought that they would just be better integrated, and they haven't been. And then the, the, the most disappointing thing is if I thought they were going to win, it was because they were going to be so good on last possessions. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to guard both of those guys. They've, they've 
had they've been in one possession games with under three and a half minutes left in like their last four losses. Like that's that's where they're losing as well as because of their defense, and that's what I was not expecting. The other thing both have they're moody. Um, they're, they're two of the moodiest players in the league, and you can read Luca's body language sometimes <laughs> when Kyrie has the ball. He doesn't. He's a spectator. Yes, he's not there. You can watch the body. Mark Cuban has to see it because I can see it. Yeah, is that Luca is not rooting for Kyrie. Yeah, he's just okay. I'm taking this possession off. Yeah, I don't. Well, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I would say that Luca doesn't exactly know what to do when Kyrie has the ball, which is often the case because Kyrie is a great creative offensive player and makes a lot of highlight reels for. Insta and oh, yeah. TikTok and everything else. But it's if you're a teammate, you don't know where he's going. Right. You don't know what he's you don't know what he's doing, which means you don't know where you should be. Right. So the Celtics are fascinating. <clears throat> They're too athletic for Milwaukee in their matchups. Mm-hmm. They're re- outside of Drew Holiday. Tatum and Jalen Brown get whatever they want. If Robert Williams is healthy, he can help diffuse Brooke Lopez, Giannis the size. Mm-hmm. So matchups are a big deal. Uh, for instance, Cleveland's youth and athleticism has given Boston some issues. Mm. Uh, Boston's speed on the wing and playmaking has given Milwaukee problems. Milwaukee can look really old, especially mm-hmm. if they're mm-hmm. not rested. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back, they look slow and old. Yep. But, but the story really isn't Milwaukee because they have a title. The story of the East is Boston. They have been very patient uh, steadfast in their beliefs yep. and their picks, and Brown and Marcus Smart and Jay. Do they win? Or do you see, because the East now, for the first time in a long time in my life, I feel like the top four to five in the East is better than the top four or five in the West. Yeah. So I think it's never been harder. There was a there was an era where it was LeBron and the Hawks and the Raptors were trying to convince me they were great. Yeah. Like I think all four, the Philly, Miami, Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee, could all end up in the conference finals. Yeah. What's happening to Boston? So I'm glad you brought up the Hawks as an example. Because those teams that have come up short, it looked like they had all the pieces. looked like they had all the elements. Who was their star player that led them to the promised land? Who was the guy that you said, no matter what, I can count on him. I know what he's going to give me. And he's never going to shy away from taking the, the, the horse by the reins. I wish I could take some of what Jalen Brown's mentality and attitude is and put it in Jason Tatum. Thank you. And then you would have the player where I'd say, you know what, Boston, Boston's the team. But because they don't have that, or take some of Marcus Smart and put it in Jason Tatum, one or the other, their best player is not always their most aggressive let me lead you there, player. This has been my knock. And that's what creates the imbalance. And that's where, with, you know, Philadelphia's kind of kind of figure it out, but if Joel Embiid isn't exhausted at the end of the game, right. I know what he wants to do. Giannis, I know what he wants to do. KD. I, I, KD, I like, go through the, the whole, Jimmy Butler. I mean, you could go down the line. Uh, Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland, take your pick. Like, I, whether they're good enough or I don't know. Jason Tatum, talent wise, is good enough. Yeah. But there are, I've just seen it too many times where it's like, okay, this is where he needs to step up. Where'd he go? I, that's what makes me hesitate 
when it comes to the Boston Celtics. That's yeah. what it's ultimately going to come down to. Yeah, because the matchups are good. Uh, they do match up well with Boston, uh, with Milwaukee. Yeah. They're just able to get to the basket kind of whenever. And they're they just the big, long, athletic wings, and Milwaukee has to control the tempo yeah. to avoid getting run over as they did the other night. Rick Buecher, Fox, good seeing you, bud. Good to see you. All nice right. shirt choice. Yeah. Yeah. Dressed the same person downstairs, gave us the same shirt. I know. And we like to do that, mm. the symmetry of the herd. Mm. Want more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
Next weekend, Real Football for Real Fans is back. The 2023 USFL season opening kickoff weekend starts. The new season on April 15th and 16th on Fox, NBC, and FS1. So I've got my mock draft uh, tomorrow in the second hour of the show. I've already got it done right here. And uh, I'm going to predict what I would do, not predict. I'm going to tell you what I would do and why I would do it if I was an NFL GM. It makes unbelievable sense. So I told my staff, I said, I already know what, what it's going to be during the break. Why don't I just feed you guys so you can get ahead on graphics? And they're like, no, we know you. It'll change by tomorrow. It will not. It is locked in stone, barring a trade. God, this is so good. Because I watch all these mock drafts, and I never really do it because you're just signing up to be wrong on nine of them. But I kind of feel like this is the greatest mock draft ever created, and we will unveil it tomorrow, and I'm very excited. Ryan with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. <laughs> Colin, there's... Almost a 0% chance that thing stays fully intact by 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow morning. So, we'll, we'll see. You can claim that it's written in stone, but we're not buying it. All right. In the NFL, the divorce between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers has been very messy. Rodgers has publicly said he does intend to play for the Jets, but a deal between the two teams has still not been agreed upon. He also hasn't been taking calls from those within the Packers organization. In a conversation with NFL writer Tyler Dunn, Packer great friend of the show, Leroy Butler, blasted Aaron Rodgers for how he's been treating Green Bay. Here's what Butler said, quote, This is one of the best quotes my mom gave me. Don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. If I tell you I love you but treat you terrible, then why are you even telling me? But if I show you every single day that I love you, then you really get away without even saying it. I can't say it enough. That G will never change. Sometimes players, especially the quarterback, the last two quarterbacks to go to the Jets, forget about that. Those guys in the locker room deserve better than this. Now, Aaron would say, it's out of my control. Green Bay chose to get rid of me. Green Bay is being stubborn on picks. You know, that's Aaron. Uh, yeah. That's Aaron's take is I can't control any of it, to which you could point fingers and go, you created all of it because, you know, you wouldn't give a team an answer, so they were forced to make a move. Aaron's take will be, because he will react to this, is, hey, I would have come back. You know, They, I was going to go and retire. They're the one that traded me. So you'll hear that in the next couple of days. That'll be Aaron's take is, oh, I'm just sitting here waiting for the deal to get done. I got no control over it, which is nonsense, of course. Yeah, if, if we know one thing about Aaron Rodgers and what he's shown over the past several seasons is he's going to be very calculated and orchestrated with the messaging and how to position this because he was 90% retired going into that darkness retreat and yep. he was just completely beside himself didn't even couldn't even understand that the Packers were looking at other options you know because they you know apparently don't need to uh, worry about their quarterback position yeah. since he had one foot in retirement already so Leroy Butler, great guy. We always have him on the show. He he has a real pulse for the fans there in Green Bay. And I think he is speaking for the fans. The yeah. fans are over him. The fans and the guys in the locker room that can't publicly come out and be critical of Rodgers. Otherwise, right. they'll be totally iced out by him. Well, let's take a look at this uh, NFL draft, Colin. You have your mock draft written in stone, as you said. Yep. 
but maybe the Texans do not. They do need a quarterback and are in perfect position to get one with the second overall pick. But according to Peter King, Houston is not a lock to take one at that spot. He said that while he's 90% on board with the Texans taking a quarterback at number two, their GM, Nick Casario, is conservative, and if he doesn't love a quarterback there, he won't force it. King said he can see Casario taking the edge rusher Will Anderson at number two, then using their other first-round pick at 12 to potentially trade back up and then take a quarterback. Well, Will Anderson is viewed, if if Nick Casario is conservative, my people tell me that Will Anderson is the safest pick. Jalen Carter's got more disruptive force, but you don't know what you're getting character stuff, right? We've seen stories that are discouraging. Uh, Bryce Young is going to be good, but he is small, and you don't know how long he lasts. When you talk to the executives in the league, a handful of scouts I've talked to, they're like, Will Anderson's going to be really good really soon and for a long time. And so Will is your say If you're looking for a – you say conservative. Like Will Anderson was going to be the number one pick a month ago. But I think in terms of if Houston's like, listen, we just don't want to miss, and 30% of the first round misses – and nobody's in love with C.J. Stroud. I don't think Carolina is. I think they're in like with him. Uh, Will is the safest pick at two. You could do worse, but again, with Davis Mills, you're going to be back in the quarterback lottery next year. Not you like a lot of what? Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, you have Drake May and Caleb Williams, so that's shaping up to be like a great quarterback draft. And you've been a big fan of a lot of the moves that the Texans have done this offseason. I think they've been great. Not, not huge home run moves. Bees. But, but great, and that's and, what they needed. And Will Anderson, everybody in this league is looking for an edge rusher. There's about two to three good ones a year. This draft has three good edge rushers. Um, Will Anderson's considered better, though not substantially better than all of them. So I, I think Houston has done something they rarely do. Smart, productive moves. If they can get a quarterback who can move the chains, they'll be in games next year because D'Amico Ryans is, I'm told, a really, really high-end, bright defensive guy. So they'll be in game. The first step on getting the coaching right isn't getting to the playoffs. It's actually taking, Brian Flores did this in Miami, is getting a culture set. So D'Amico Ryan is a special teams defensive guy. It's what Flores did in Miami. He just couldn't get along with quarterbacks. But the bottom line is if Houston loses close, that is generally the first step. You're, You're a competitive football team 15 to 17 weeks. We'll wrap up in the NBA. The NBA MVP race is coming down to the wire between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Giannis is a distant third by most estimations, despite averaging a career-high 31.1 points this season and leading the Bucks to the best record in the East. Yep. Milwaukee thinks Giannis is being overlooked in this year's MVP conversation. His teammate, Drew Holiday, had this to say, Giannis has been MVP too much. He's been doing this too much. I feel like people get bored of it. It's kind of like the LeBron effect. LeBron has done it so many times that people think that it's just normal now, and it's not. But Giannis makes it look so easy. The first couple years that he got it, it's like, wow, nobody can do that. And it's still, to this day, nobody can do what he can do. He's absolutely right. The MVP in basketball in this country, the pro basketball MVP, has become a story as much as it is an award. Jokic is, should win it because the numbers and his availability, he should win it over Embiid. Embiid is more colorful and fun and dynamic. And when he does play, he's a better watch. And people are tired of Jokic winning it. Um, But if you're asking about availability and production, 
Denver's the number one seed. Jokic should win it again. And when the last time when they were supposed to play, Embiid didn't show up. Yeah. No, and that that obviously that plays a huge role in terms of what you're saying about the narrative and these games at the end of the season and why they make a big difference. The thing about Giannis that what to Drew Holiday's point, like I think if anyone were to say, well, who's the best overall player both ends of the floor in the league right now, it would almost be like unanimous that Giannis would be on that list. Yeah, but that doesn't quite line up with what we've known the MVP. To become in today's day and age, much like what people would say about Jordan, or as Drew Holiday pointed out with LeBron, like there's going to be like a 10-year stretch where they're going to be the best player in the league that anyone would want on their team, but that's not who they think is the MVP of that season. That's right. Ryan with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd line news. I'm so excited for my uh, mock draft tomorrow. I feel like just blurting it out. I'm going to give it to the staff during the break. I'm very excited. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. 
That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made Raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do find it interesting. People in the media whose entire brand is to be outrageous and obnoxious are bothered by Angel Reese of LSU. It didn't bother me. It's like sports. People trash talk. <laughs> I mean, they make gestures. They trash talk. Like, that is sports. For some reason, we're totally comfortable with certain people doing that. Men, uh, we're not comfortable with other people doing it. LSU had the better team. Uh, they were really aggressive. They were deep. They were talented. They deserved a win. Okay, I picked them to win. Uh, but in the end, I mean, are you really bothered deeply by that? I, I just, that really you, th- you think spoiled the national championship for LSU. I don't think anybody at LSU gives a rip about it. I don't think it spoiled it at all. Listen, there's a lot of times athletes and will do stuff I wouldn't do. I, w- I would not be a taunter, but I love Steph Curry. Steph Curry's been a taunter. <laughs> Steph Curry's out there. He threw his mouthpiece one time. Steph Curry is, is, drives people crazy, and he's one of the nicest guys. When an athlete goes, man or woman, goes on the court, football players will tell you they flip a switch. It, they change. Football players will say, listen, I'm not violent at home, but when I'm playing for three hours, like I am in a zone, I am violent. Basketball players do the same thing. They zone in. They're not always great people to be around. I, mean, I know people that have worked with boxers before. Like 24 hours before a fight, you don't want to be near a boxer. Like that, everything changes. The aura, the personality, the dogma just changes. I, 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 LSU, Iowa, you could tell from the very beginning, this was going to be a game for the ages. It was going to be highly competitive. You have one big star everybody likes, and LSU's coming in with their polarizing coach. It, it, a gesture here, cocky here. We, we, this is sports. This is my whole life. That's what sports is. It didn't get in the way of anything. You know, a lot of times in the media, people, uh, and, and I don't, I don't dissuade this or discourage it. It's not my brand, but part of their brand is to be kind of outspoken and outrageous and to get noticed and, and will understand that sports is drama and theater, and it didn't ruin anything for me. LSU was better, and they were going to let you know about it. I was okay with it. Didn't spoil anything for me. I didn't think the officiating was great. I did not think it was a brilliantly officiated game, but it's hard to officiate great athletes playing quick. Um, by the way, the Suns won again. They're 6-0 with Kevin Durant. I think it's interesting. On the same day, these two stories, Kevin Durant, 6-0 with the Suns. Kyrie Irving and the Mavericks have lost 7-8. and It was not lost on me, or should be you, that it happened. Those headlines in the same day. KD immediately elevated Phoenix, and Kyrie Irving almost immediately devalued Dallas people oftentimes in basketball lump stars into one bucket 
and there's not. Westbrook's a star. He doesn't elevate others. Kyrie's a star. He's not a winning basketball player. He's just a star. James Harden had a lot of this. And then there's the other bucket. Magic Johnson, LeBron, Giannis, KD, Steph Curry. They are winning basketball players. KD does not get that love. But let me give you an example of the kind of winning basketball player Kevin Durant is. In the last 25 games Kevin Durant has played, he is 23-2. and two. That's counting Brooklyn. Ben Simmons wasn't available. Kyrie was Kyrie. And, I mean, look at what he was dealing with. 23-2. and two. Kyrie's last 25 games, he's 10-15. and 15. So we always just, oh, that, that, not all stars are the same. There's the elevators and then those who simply elevate themselves. They're kind of showcase players. I use the example all the time. I grew up with a guy named World B. Free. I think it was late 70s, early 80s. He was a shooting guard. I think he works for the Philadelphia 76ers now. In his prime, he averaged 30 a game. He was totally Kyrie. He didn't do much beyond score, but I loved watching him when I would infrequently, once or twice, get an opportunity to watch World B. Free play. He was a wildly uh, athletic scorer. Changed his name to World B. Free. Some ego, some fun. He was classic basketball. Was not a great basketball player. But in his prime, he averaged like 28, 29 a game. And then he went down to about 22, 23. But a great basketball scorer for eight or nine years. He's not a great player. Nobody's ever said he's a great player. He's not a Hall of Fame player. He's a great scorer. It's almost like the media panders and they're afraid to say that now. Kyrie Irving's not a great player. He's simply a great scorer. He doesn't defend. He doesn't distribute. He's not a great leader. As much as he has the ball in his hands, he should average more than five assists a game. He's moody. He sulks. He doesn't play well with others. He doesn't elevate others. Everywhere he goes, a team erodes. Kevin Durant's a totally different player. KD and Kyrie may have similarities in terms of offensive talent. Totally different players. Here's Monty Williams after another Suns win. There's not a way that he can't score. And um, I think the thing that's <clears throat> nobody talks about with those kinds of players, they want those shots. Um, they're so used to having the ball in their hands. It's, you know, I wouldn't call it a luxury because I don't want to disrespect those moments. But guys work their tails off uh, to be ready for those shots. And he and Book are case in point. So that's what Kevin does. Yeah, it, it is interesting, and I understand there's always been an aesthetic to basketball. Football, all we care is about winning. I mean, literally, you win games, it's all we care about. It is, that is it, win games. Uh, basketball's got a, a more layered context to it. It's, you know, listen, shoe sales, it's part of a culture. Um, it's got to, you know, how you play, a cool, I mean, Alex English led the 80s in scoring, but you don't remember a lot of, angle jumpers from Alex English. He led the entire 80s in scoring. And yet he doesn't, he's not valued in that Doug Moe Denver up and down the floor offense. He's not valued the same way because he wasn't a high-flying player. Kiki Vandeweghe, Alex English, they just got you buckets their entire career. Pau Gasol just got you buckets. But Shaq was more dynamic and a lot of the great players have had a flair to them. So I understand people loving Kyrie. Don't compare Kyrie to Kevin Durant. One has great length, is a willing defender, uh, works everywhere, works everywhere instantly. 
the dude, you know, everything at Brooklyn was a mess. Everything except Kevin Durant. I've said this before. If you just take out LeBron from Kyrie's career, eight games at Duke, was viewed as sort of an early bust in Cleveland. Boston blew up the organization and locker room. Brooklyn disaster. So when I hear Laker fans say, hey, can we get Kyrie? What are you doing here? That's not what you want. If you're planning to do some spring cleaning, clean your house, then protect every inch of it with Simply Safe Home Security. SimplySafeColin.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. USC football coach Lincoln Riley stops by an hour. The Power Hour. Next in LA, it's the herd. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.